Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome once again to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you're listening to AM820 St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. On today's program, we are going to talk about how to talk about your Catholic faith. Um, Sometimes it can present a challenge. So we have three master evangelists with us today, (laughs) (laughs) right? We have with us McKenna. Welcome, McKenna. Hi. And Blair. Hello, Blair. Hi. And Muriel. Hello. Welcome back to some of you. Welcome, McKenna. This is your first time with us, yeah? Yeah. Great. It's good to have you. Um, I guess maybe what we're really talking about today is evangelization, right? We, I introduced it as talking about our Catholic faith, but for us, that's that's how we evangelize, right? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the faith that we love, the faith we embrace, the faith we know to, want to be the one true faith. So when we talk about it, we really are evangelizing. Um, so in, in your mind, but it's a word, evangelization is a word I think Catholics are afraid of. A little bit. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. So in your mind, what is evangelization? I think it's living your life every single day to where your life is so attractive and you're so on fire with the Holy Spirit that someone sees you and it's an attraction to holiness. And so um, as Catholics, why I think there's a stigma against evangelization is because they're thinking of yelling and screaming and the kind of people we see on the street corners. But I think in the words of Mother Teresa, paraphrasing, but being the light of Christ is the best evangelizer. So evangelization for you, Blair, is attracting people to Christ. Absolutely. Mariel or McKenna, would you add anything to that? Or I definitely agree, but I think it's also where you're not purposely going into something headstrong and saying, I want to evangelize at this moment. It's more just like letting your knowledge flow from your heart and knowing what's true and just speaking your mind and not trying to plan for it. What about you, Mariel? Um, I think that evangelization is about um, just living the virtues as best you can and sharing the light and being the salt of the earth as God calls us to be. So for the three of you... Super well-formed opinion, opinions about what evangelization is, <laughs> by the way, I think. Um, so in your life, who have been the most effective evangelists and how or why? Like when you, when you look back on either people that you've watched in action evangelize to other people or people who have had a direct impact on you in terms of bringing you closer to Christ and bringing, showing you the light of Christ. What makes those... You don't have to name who they are, but what makes them effective evangelists? For me, my confirmation sponsor is the most um, influential person in my life because I've known her for so long, and ever since I've met her, she has been so caring and serving, and she she works in the community in so many different ways, and even if she doesn't agree with someone, she just always has a smile on her face and a helping hand. So for you, it's her witness, Mariel? Yes. Okay. Not even necessarily anything she says, just how she lives. Yes. What about you, Blair th- or McKenna? I think the knowledge of the people on EWTN and St. Gabriel Catholic Radio are super influential. 
uh, <laughs> especially, for example, Dr. David Anders, who's on call to communion, uh, but also can't exclude the awesome host of this program, <laughs> Katie Wyatt. Blair, by the way, is a Catholic radio junkie. We should we should absolutely <laughs> point that out. <laughs> but it, the reason why I th- I'm so pulled to it is because the more you listen, the more you learn is such a true statement for it. It is the best way when you're going from point A to point B to get yourself focused on what is actually most important. And so in terms of when I get out of the car or when I get done listening to the radio, I feel a new sense of being prepared to talk to somebody. So a huge component for you, Blair, of effective evangelization is is knowledge. It is, yes. Knowing what you're talking mm-hmm. about, knowing Backing the faith. Backing up the faith, uh-huh. knowing the faith, um, which for some people, there are the people that, you know, thankfully, they just have that gift that they believe, and they don't need the endless scripture, which is there, but they just, in their heart, they know the love of Christ, which is a beautiful thing. But there are the academics and the intellects that want the scripture, they want the books, they want the testament, and I think I fall under more of that category. Mm -hmm. And so I love finding that scripture, I love reading those passages, I like reading Lives of Saints, and that is the best way for me to share that with people as well. What about for you, McKenna? Who's who have been the most effective effective evangelists for you in your life? I think people who weren't necessarily trying. So there's a lot of people like sacristans and people at our church who just they're just always so happy and so joyful just to be at church volunteering and helping with their time and they're just doing it with their heart and for God and it's not to prove anything, it's not to make you like a better person, like it's just to make glory to give glory to god so i like that way to look at it the best if you're just joining us this is raising saints on am820 saint gabriel catholic radio we are joined today by mariel blair and mckenna and we're talking about how to be effective evangelists it's something that we're all called to do as catholics so we're getting some advice from the experts um so one common barrier i think to evangelization would be that the person to whom we're speaking is hostile or not open to the message, mm-hmm. right? This this is one barrier. We'll talk about some other ones too. Yeah. But have you ever experienced this in your life that you were taught you were having a conversation about the faith, but the person you were talking to was hostile? Absolutely. To the and I think um, <clears throat> there's a paraphrase quote by the blessed Fulton Sheen who said, "There's a, a, a millions of people in this world." that think they hate the Catholic Church. There's only a hundred that actually do, but there's millions that hate what they think the Catholic Church is, not what it actually is. And so I take those, and sometimes it's in the moment hard to recognize, but those are great opportunities we're given by God. The most hostile people are sometimes the people that can flip a switch and be some of the most um, gracious advocates for the faith, Mm -hmm. but it is difficult and daunting at the time. And so I have uh, encountered that because I think, our culture really likes to perpetuate lies about the Catholic Church. There's so much false information out there. There's so much um, stereotypes and thoughts where I don't, even, I don't even have any clue where they even thought of this, some of these things I hear. But it's our goal to correct the record and to share the truth that we've been sharing for the last 2,000 years. I saw, uh, speaking of not knowing where this is coming from, I saw a YouTube, YouTube clip the other day by someone who called himself the friendly atheist. <laughs> <laughs> he was so angry. He was so unfriendly. And I and so that's that's exactly where it comes from. We sort of put these 
labels on things that are that are false labels and one of the things that we put a false label on is is our faith you know and like you said like Fulton Sheen said people hate what they think they know about the faith but not what they really know what about you McKenna or Mariel have you encountered hostility definitely so actually on this last retreat weekend it was it was an amazing retreat for the Church of the Resurrection um, but there was somebody there who just didn't want to listen to what I had to say and so the knowledge part came in, like Lara was talking about, very, very handy because they just were firing points and points and points. And just I had to have something to back up my statements because they were the person who needed like the facts and the knowledge. They obviously didn't just believe. So in order to make my point seem clearer, I asked them questions about what they didn't understand and tried to clear up things as best as I could from the knowledge that I had and just to have a conversation and it's not a battle it's more of back and forth like answering questions asking questions and just deciding maybe to be neutral maybe to persuade them just a little bit every day anything you can do this is a great example mckenna that you're sharing of how witnessing by your life and by your love and by the way you live is profound but the time comes when you also do have to have the knowledge and the ability to converse mm-hmm. because because there are so many different personality types and people respond differently to mm-hmm. different approaches. Yeah. So good for you that you were able to do that. That's that's impressive. I don't do you feel like most people your age, most Catholics your age would be able to carry themselves that way in that situation? Depends on the I would say the church they go to, the knowledge they encounter or seek outside of just going to church, the amount of time they put into it. Um, Our parish is very fortunate to have so many good programs that teaches the youth about their faith. And so just having those in general and getting involved in them is the next step. But just having them is one way that I've definitely grown within the past two years. I think the big problem is when she's talking about the churches we go to, the churches people go to, is the big problem when talking and evangelizing is there's a a me versus you when we're all Christians, our Protestant brothers and sisters, and it's Catholics that also need to work on this. I know I need to work on this, and Protestants as well. It's a we. Uh, We have our differences, and we need to work those out, and we need to keep sharing our Catholic truth, but it's a we mentality we need to have while we do it. And so that's the the most welcoming mentality we should have, we should adopt, and it shouldn't be a battle between me versus you. I was just listening to a Matt Maher um, witness CD. He, it was his witness on CD, and he was talking about how he was so convicted when, I, I don't, he never mentioned what song it was, and I forgot to look it up, but he, re, he wrote a song, and then Chris Tomlin called him and said, can I record your song? And suddenly he had to like let go of this us versus them stuff mm-hmm. and recognize mm-hmm. this is an opportunity to unify as Christians and um, yeah you're right what about you Muriel any hostility and evangelization attempts well there has been a little bit over Facebook but Facebook can tend to be very it can be easy to get heated because you're not seeing the people face to face so in some circumstances it's just best to walk away and just pray for the person or just like gently state the truth and just not engage anymore. This is a great, I am so glad you brought up Facebook (laughs) 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 because 
I'm wondering, I would love to know if there's anyone listening who has ever effectively impacted someone's thinking via a Facebook post. I, I almost think it's impossible to do mm-hmm. <laughs> because people are already, because like you said, Mira, you don't have to, you don't, you're not in a conversation, right? You're in a posting war, basically. You don't get to encounter an individual. You get to hide behind your computer. Um, it, it's got to happen in conversations. I think we, we can use technology to our advantage in terms of evangelization, but at the bottom line, it has to happen in conversations. And those co- conversations can be hostile and uncomfortable. Do you ever feel like you've failed in an attempt to evangelize? Yeah, I feel like sometimes you um, think you said the wrong things or you don't know how impactful it is, but I think a faith is you should think every opportunity you may have planted a seed that you don't know of. And so, you know, the inside heart of somebody, you never know how much you penetrated of. And so sometimes I get discouraged or I don't feel the conversation went as well as I thought or the points were perceived as well, but you have to have that confidence in the faith. Blair, do you ever have to take a step back and assume responsibility? Like, I did not do that well. Yeah, I think sometimes. um, Because sometimes you don't give good points, or sometimes you (laughs) don't say the right things. But I think the goal is just to keep trying. If you have another encounter with that person, make it your best, or learn from it and try again if you are encountered again with somebody else. And so I think evangelization is something that comes easily to very few. It comes pretty hard to a lot of the confrontation, the conversation a lot of people are weary of. But I think there's learning opportunity, and it's the best way to get good at knowing your faith. There's no better way to really dig down and find the roots of your faith unless you have conversations with people that don't necessarily agree with you. Let's follow that train of thought a little bit then. Again, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Raising Saints on AM 820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt. We're talking about evangelization with McKenna, Blair, and Mariel. So um, let's talk about limitations. What, What detracts from our ability Oh, so we already talked about when we're trying to evangelize someone who's hostile, that's obviously a limitation. But what if that's not the problem, right? What if the problem is us? What are our own personal limitations in regard to being able to evangelize effectively? Um, I would like to take this back to like just everyday situations, even at like school or social situations. Um, I know for where we go to school, our parking lot is right next to the church and some mornings when I go in earlier to go to the Blessed Sacrament Chapel and just sit there in silence, just praying for half an hour, I see people looking at me strange when I walk out. And it's kind of, I get sort of embarrassed a little bit just to see those people just looking at me like I'm an oddball or like I'm an outcast just for doing something for my faith. So I think um, being just a little bit more accepting of everybody and what they feel is necessary to improve their faith and not being judgmental is really going to help the whole world be better at evangelizing each other and not being so judgmental and just being a little bit more open to different people's views and how they 
like to spend their time. Are you saying that when you see people looking at you strangely, it makes you realize maybe you do the same thing to other people? Well, I could possibly, but Mm -hmm. I'm thinking more along the lines of when, like, it's harder for me to evangelize after I see those people looking at me in, like, an odd way because I'm thinking, oh, am I doing something wrong? Obviously not, but... It makes you self-conscious? It makes me more Uh self-conscious and less open to go up and talk to them as if I were just talking, like, walking on the street. Oh, blah, 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 I went to church this weekend and this was the homily and -and so-and-so. It's just harder when they already have a preconceived opinion of you because of what they've seen you do. So McKenna, is there, is there, and this is probably, I guess this question's for all of you too, but is, is one of the barriers um, that you don't want to set yourself apart in an, in a way that people will think you're odd. It's kind of that pervasive, like I want to fit in. I just always want to fit in. I would say so. And it's also a good reason to fit in because you don't want to be that kid who goes to church. Like, you want to be a normal kid and a person who goes to church. Okay. So you can make more people in your school or in your workplace more interested in following what you do. Because if they're fine in their life right now, they're not going to want to change it to be the outcast person who goes to church. They're just going to want to add that onto their life. So you don't want to be perceived as the person who is the outcast going to church. It just makes more sense to be a normal kid and then you add on going to church so you can help others. But more times than not, though, the issue is... We think it's weird to be religious and we think in our minds we're telling ourselves that people won't like us, won't be normal. But in more times than not, I don't think that's the case. I think we're telling ourselves that. I think it's us being our worst enemy in terms of our Why faith. do we tell ourselves that? Where does that come from? I think it's insecurity and I think it might be temptation mm-hmm. um, from the devil. And, you know, we're fallen, we're sinners. And I think that can be sometimes the hardest way to evangelize is because you don't feel like you're in a position to say something to somebody. Agree for sure. You don't want to be a hypocrite. Yeah. Yeah. How do you overcome that? Like, how do you, how do you, how do you, I mean, nobody could evangelize if, if we weren't allowed to, because we were, you know, because we are flawed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So how do we over, how do we balance that? Well, just try to be bold and um, make your faith exciting and relatable. And then, You'll get other people excited who are also Catholics, mm-hmm. who are also who are might be insecure about being like the outsider. Just make it fun and exciting to be the outsider, and then you won't be outsiders mm-hmm. anymore. You'll be leaders. Or you- make it a conversation. Say um, instead of it from a position of you shouldn't do this. Look, I don't do this. Say I've struggled with this too, and I see you're struggling. This let us together fix this. And I think that's an extremely powerful tool, and that would be the most significant way. No one, especially people who already have some preconceived notion against the faith, do not want to be told just what to do, especially from someone that they think is coming from a position of judging. But if you say, I think you're struggling with this, and I've struggled with this, and this is how I've overcome it through the beauty of faith and through faith in God, and I think you could benefit from it too, you're speaking from a point of witness and a point of love. And camaraderie. And a point of humility. Exactly. But is humility something that you guys are challenged to live? Is humility something that's upheld as a virtue kind of in in your academic environment, in your sports and competitive environment? I think think no. Uh, I think it's a very attractive virtue, 
but it's a virtue that sometimes isn't very attractive to people because it's a hyper-competitive world. You want to be the best in school. You want to be the best in grades. You want to have the most friends. And so to level yourself to where admitting to another person that you couldn't possibly have sins because our culture says you should always be perfect. So lowering yourself is sometimes the least attractive thing someone wants to do, but it's the most beneficial thing for you and for the people that you're talking to. Yeah. Have you guys struggled with that finding that balance between um, performing at your highest ability, right, and and making your parents happy, making your teachers happy, making your coaches happy, making your teammates happy, but remaining humble in the midst of it? Is that a struggle? Yes, definitely for me because I dance a lot and I'm just in a lot of activities. So you're perform like you add performance to the element of, I mean, it's, performance is a very difficult place for humility. Would you agree? Yes. And sometimes I get overwhelmed that like, well, I have to work so hard. I get overwhelmed. So sometimes I have to slow down and say, I'm doing the best I can. So it's not, it's not a form of pride, but you also have to like find the element of my being humble, but also understanding that I need like I need to take a break or like I understand a lot is going on so I can't be perfect and I can slow down and focus on what's what's true and what what ultimately is the big picture is to get to heaven right I also think another big issue with humility in our culture today is are you actually being humble or are you just looking fishing for a compliment I think that's another big issue that most people I feel like it's harder to find the humble person in today's society. It's more so, oh, like a girl would say, oh, my hair looks so bad today or whatever. And then somebody else would be like, oh, it's actually really pretty. Like they were just fishing for that compliment. Yeah. They weren't trying to be humble. Yeah. So I think it's humility is a virtue that not enough people in today's world possess. And it's a necessary virtue, getting back to our topic, to be an effective evangelist. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's hard. Like if we don't get to practice humility... But we have to exercise humility, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to drawing others to Christ. <laughs> that, yeah. that seems like a lot of work. Do you guys find it to be a lot of work or do you find that just the process of evangelization, the process of talking, like, because sometimes talking about your faith is probably easy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're surrounded sure. by it all your Catholic friends. Yeah. <laughs> in, in Catholic radio, it's very, very easy. <laughs> sure it is. If you're in a room full of people that are hostile, it's not an easy thing to do. Or even if we were sitting here right now, in the studio recording the show and there was someone sitting in a chair that you know is mm-hmm. hostile to exactly. the topic it cha- it changes the energy yeah. that you yeah. want to exude yeah for sure so how do you uh, are, do you guys do you guys make that transfer from hanging around talking to all your catholic friends building up the church talking about how much you love being catholic you got to be the same person all the time there you go you got to yes. find yeah. yourself you have yeah. to solidify your strength so there's no problem in being around with your catholic friends but when you're not you need to be the same eagerness to jesus you need to have the same faithfulness to our lord as you would because we're not um, a hotel for the saints we're a hospital for the sinners we all need to be helping each other and our love for the lord should not change no based absolutely on not. Not at yeah. all. No, be courageous pope yeah. francis yeah. said it 
it's simple enough, but it's a great reminder. Yeah. Just be courageous. And I think that's, for me, the hardest gift of the Holy Spirit is courage. And I always pray for that because that's the one thing you need to help others see the actual true real light is to have courage. That's the first step. You can have all the wisdom, have all the facts, but if you can't physically go up to the person to say something, then you're not getting far enough. Let's do this. We just have a couple minutes left. So I think it would be a great opportunity to tell what you cherish most about your Catholic faith. Like this is a, this is a moment for evangelization for you, for anyone who's mm-hmm. listening. Just in a, briefly tell me, what do you cherish most about your Catholic faith? Mariel. Well, I cherish the um, the Eucharist and being able to go to adoration and also um, written prayer and like like just basic prayers like the Hail Mary, Our Father. It's so cool. Around the entire world, all the Catholics know the same prayers. So you can go to like Mass in Italy and know what's going on. And it could be in a different language. So Eucharist, Universal Church. Excellent. What about you? Blair? As much as I don't think I'm able to top that because those are the <laughs> you don't have greatest to try to things top it. ever. That's okay. Um, I would say the Universal Church, absolutely. Yeah. And also, I'm a big history nut. So I think knowing that we've had 2,000 years of well-documented, beautiful uh, lives of saints and stories of our Lord coming into our life and our culture is such a reassuring thing and gives me so much hope. And and I can relate so much and the saints can relate to me. Yeah. And that is just a beautiful thing. What about for you, McKenna? Um, I just love the community that it brings together and the going back to evangelization, love how we can all come together, such as March for Life, and just all be one unity and just fight for the right cause. Well, I want to thank you all for being here. I'm sure that your presence here was evangelical just <laughs> in and of itself. So, Mariel, Blair, and McKenna, thank you. Let's close with a, a verse from Ephesians. This is uh, chapter 6, verses 19 through 20. This will be our closing prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, I pray that speech may be given to me to open my mouth, to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, so that I may have the courage to speak as I must. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now. Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com.